You're listening to Fan Holes, a podcast for fans by the fans. Secret Brothers. I have clinical. You guys are like wasting my time right now. Hey, baby. What's <laughs> going on? This is my microphone voice. <laughs> Where do you buy those at? I need one. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck is going on. I didn't invent honorable mentions, mister. <laughs> I have a headset. It looks way cool. You should all be jealous. I, uh, we are. I'm with Mike on that one. I'm a woman! <laughs> it is our show. It's called Fan Holes, not, you know, what you guys want. <laughs> <laughs> We do a podcast? What the fuck? Challenged friend is trying to tell you is that you're listening to fan holes. Oh, yes, a podcast made for the fans by the fans. Hey guys, welcome back. This is Fan Holes Podcast. And we have a very, very special podcast for you this evening. Today we're going to be joined by Michael C. Doherty, and we're going to be talking about a special project of theirs. It's going to be a new film called Z-Con, and uh, we're lucky enough to be joined by the director here, and we're going to talk a little bit about the film today. And uh, as you know, I'm Derek, Derek WC. I'm doing the hosting duties for today. And then also uh, joining me are fellow fan holes. Hey, this is Brian Breakdown. And Mike Thunderwing. And then uh, why don't you give a shout-out, Michael, and let everybody know that you're here. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no problem. This is great to be here. Um, so, uh, basically, uh, I, I know Z-Con is, is going to be a, a new zombie film that you guys are putting out. So, uh, you know, since you're here, you know, why don't you tell us a little bit about the movie and maybe, you know, let the listeners in on what the basic pitch or plot of the film is going to be. Yeah, so uh, the basic plot of the film is that Matt Moore and his three friends uh, get stuck at a comic convention trying to get interviews for their podcast at the same time the zombie apocalypse comes out. So it's kind of like Goonies meets Shaun of the Dead set in a comic book convention. Awesome, awesome. So, like, uh, for for... Our listeners, it's kind of like combining, you know, things that they love, like comic conventions and, you know, different science fiction type conventions. But it's also kind of picking up on the whole, you know, zombie, you know, kind of Internet craze that seems to be going on these days where everything and everybody is kind of zombies and everything. Yeah, it's, it's really weird. I mean, like the idea kind of came around about September of last year because for Browncoats Redemption, we I traveled back and forth across the United States several times going to conventions ranging from like the very small convention to something as large as San Diego Comic-Con and just seeing all the things going on. And at that time, zombies were still kind of, they were, people were interested. Walking Dead was building steam. It was before season two had even gotten started. 
and now it's just kind of like kismet. Like everything's happening at one time. People are wanting to talk about zombies, and we're getting ready to launch the project. Well, you've you've got the podcast tie-in like right here, pretty much. I, I when I was reading like the summary, I was like, hey, that's kind of ironic. It's like a bunch of people from a podcast going to a comic convention, you know, and zombies attack. So it's like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think most people would want us to get eaten by the zombies, but luckily you guys have a, a younger age demographic uh, with with the podcast and the film. So hopefully everybody will kind of be on their side and want them to uh, to make it out intact and everything. We have we we have a hateful hateful fan base. <laughs> <laughs> well, there will be some podcasters in the film that do not make it out alive. Uh, we got really really lucky and. Uh, Two of the Codfathers of kind of podcast and patio books, Scott Sigler and T. Morris, have offered to be part of the film and do cameos. So uh, there, there will be some perishing by podcasters. Okay, Mike, um, has production of this film uh, begun yet? Uh, we're we're actually getting ready to launch our Kickstarter campaign, which should be launching this Saturday. Uh, and also, is the production self-financed? Yes, it will, uh, between Kickstarter and our own backers, we're, we're trying to keep this within the community. Um, when we started Broncos Redemption, Kickstarter had literally launched about the same time we started filming, so we didn't get the chance to use it. So we wanted to try to take an opportunity to do some crowdsource funding, because the community has always been really you know, the key to our success, and we want to keep it the key to funding. It also keeps the integrity of what we're doing really intact. I was going to say, yeah, I was... I remember you saying, like, last time we had you on, like, how many people just, like, you know, even, like, uh, at the production level, like, how many people just, like, showed up as extras and, like, who wanted to help and stuff. So it's really, like, you know, pretty amazing, like, how many, you know, people want to, like, get involved on, like, this level. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, even on the last film, we'd, we'd stand around and we're like, okay, it's time to go buy lunch. And somebody would stand up and go, I'll get it. Like, you know, you're going to get food for like 80 people. No, it's cool. I just want to be involved. I'm like, okay. Um, and, and on this film, we're, we're kicking up the professionalism just a little bit more. We're going to make sure that, you know, when people show up, there's food for them. And not that we didn't before, but it's one of those things that we were kind of figuring it out as we went along. Um, and this time when people show up, if they want to help out, they're going to be doing more like hands-on helping out, like, carrying items and being on-set extras and all that other fun stuff. If they want to help back the film, they can do that through Kickstarter or directly through our website. So so your 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 set's going to have, like, a sign now, like a Michael C. Doherty film, and then tacked under that, it's going to say, like, now with food. <laughs> Absolutely. And vodka. So uh, awesome. if, if somebody's listening to the podcast right now and they want to, you know, help support the production, so how, how could a listener go about, you know, supporting the production either directly or indirectly? So they could go to ZconMovie.com. It's all one word. And we have all the information there from donating to get a, a T-shirt, which 100% of the T-shirt proceeds go to the film, um, supporting the Kickstarter program, donating directly to the film without having to get anything, all the options are going to be there on our site. Cool. So you, you heard it here first. Uh, you know, you can go to ZCon and, and go ahead and help out support the, the film. And every single person that donates $10 or more will see their name in the credits. So we, we want to make sure the community gets taken care of. I had a question. Shoot. I was, I was wondering if you could go into more detail about things that inspired you to make this film. Yeah. Um, the biggest inspiration was kind of like, 
two thoughts combining. Uh, have, like I said, going around to different conventions from you know all over the U.S. to support Bronco's Redemption, I saw a lot of different zombies and a lot of different variations of them wandering around, and the question popped in my mind, in a convention like that, how long would it actually take you to realize there was a real zombie there? Um, and then I started asking that question of people, and they're like, wow, it would probably take a while until like all hell broke loose. I was like, cool. So then uh, when you get con crud enough, which is essentially um, going to a convention, 2,000 people touching the same doorknob, and uh, <laughs> then getting the flu because some dumbass doesn't even know how to wipe his hand or you know blow his nose, um, and then thinking, what if the con crud gave you the zombie virus? And then two ideas kind of just smashed together. Cool. Yeah. That is pretty. That is a pretty interesting concept because I think anybody who's ever been to a convention knows, you know, you're you're obviously dealing with a lot of you know sweaty kind of you know smelly yeah. people sometimes, and they, you know everybody's always crowded together usually in those. I mean, even when they have you know their their safety for fire codes and everything, you know, at least you know whenever I went to a place like San Diego, you know, it's always jam packed, you know, and you're always kind of you know trying to do your best to. Uh, to, to keep your own personal space, you know, <laughs> like even though that doesn't always happen, you know. So, yeah, that's that's pretty interesting, like how, how if you were dealing with zombies, you know, you'd be in that same situation, but surrounded by potential zombies and stuff, you know. And then you don't know who is a zombie and who is not. I mean, the, the possibility that you accidentally kill somebody that's just in cosplay because your adrenaline's pumping so much. <laughs> like, like, like or, all, the, all the cute cosplay chicks hide behind me. I've got an axe, you know? <laughs> but, uh, so, I mean, or the, or the idea of seeing somebody dressed as a zombie getting chased down the aisle by a bunch of actual zombies. Like, that just, to me, sounds funny. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I would pay to see that. I was going to say, like, it's always like, you know, kind of like a sort of like a, a quite like a break room or a like, you know, coffee table question. It's like, you know, how would you hold out like in a zombie invasion in like different like environments or st- something, you know, like if you're like in an apartment or a supermarket or, you know, whatever. And I was like, ah, a comic book convention, you know, that's a pretty interesting like take on it, too. Yeah, because it's not like a mall which would have like a sports store or any kind of like major weapons outlet or anything like that. But you're just stuck with comic book racks and toys and collectibles. And then what if you have that fan nerd that's just like, I just cannot destroy this sword because it was the prop of a movie. <laughs> like, yeah. like Conan's sword will not be sullied by zombie blood. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just in the in the reality of a comic book convention, there aren't that many weapons available to you. And really, we're not the kind of people going to comic book conventions that would necessarily know how to defend ourselves. Stay back. I'm not afraid to use this this giant long box of commandy back issues. <laughs> you're like, you're like, wait, put on the whole can so you don't get infected. <laughs> I'm going to hit you with back issues of Howard the Duck. Nice. So um, just speaking of the whole uh, comic convention uh, setting and everything and, and dealing with, like, the the you know environment of uh, a zombie invasion in there i know on the the website there is some links and uh, about getting certain celebrities involved in the project and uh we're just kind of curious like what what celebrities are you guys trying to pursue to get their involvement either through support or maybe even in cameos and and why why are you sort of pursuing those particular celebrities um honestly some of it's just you want to see them in a in a zombie film like, 
I personally would just love to see Will Wheaton either, you know, going all hack and slash on a zombie or just being Will Wheaton and, <laughs> you know, having snark from a distance. Um, <laughs> or, you know, somebody just who loves zombie movies and just wants to be a part of it or, or just because some of, kind of this is like parroting a comic convention in some way. I mean, the movie's going to be completely serious. There's going to be some comedic elements, kind of like Shaun of the Dead in the sense that it's a total zombie movie, but there's there's humor like hiding the subtext of it all. But there's got to be some celebrities that are out there that are just like, this would just be fun. And those are the kind of people that we're looking for. And on top of the fact that there are people that are like, this is fun, and this is for a good cause because 100% of the net proceeds go to charity. So it's not like we're trying to make a, a movie that's going to make us millions of dollars and just screw people over. We're making a movie that's making hundreds of thousands of dollars for charity on top of just having some fun. Do you want to let any of the listeners know like what particular charities are involved in this project now? Like, Are those all preset and arranged? Well, we've got two that we've picked. Uh, one is Kids Need to Read. They were a carryover charity from our first project. They've been an amazing partner of ours and an amazing supporter of what we do. So we kept them on, on top of the fact that uh, the main characters of our, our film are, are teenagers, and the focus of their project is to get sci-fi books in underprivileged schools. So that kind of makes sense. Uh, the second charity we've decided on is the Red Cross, because, well, it's a zombie movie and there's lots of blood. And then the last charity is going to be open to the public. So if you go to Zcon Movie right now, we have our charity mission, which people have, if you have a nonprofit or you know a nonprofit that you really love that you want to see getting taken care of in the way that we did with Brown Coats Redemption, which is essentially two years worth of free press. They get mentioned everywhere we go, and then they receive you know, donations every time we get money coming in. Uh, you can submit a charity or vote a charity, and that's going live right now until the end of June. So our last charity will really be picked by the community. And they can do all that on, on the Zcon website as well? Absolutely. Awesome. Mike, I have a question that is not pre-scripted in any way. Sweet. Um, how do you think Zcon like compares to like other like zombie like fan films or you know what what pretty much what sets this film apart? Well, for me, it was like I don't want to see another hack and slash zombie film. I also don't want to see a movie that's completely like, well, this is just not real. Um, and this is kind of like a prequel to zombie movies. Most zombie movies happen, the apocalypse has happened, people are, you know, already kind of infected and things are going on, and this is just the start of it. So it's like um, more about the kids and more about the effect this is having on them and the people outside than it is about the zombies. The zombies are just kind of the the plot driver. That's what I really liked about if you go back and watch Romero and the stuff that he did in the beginning, it was about the people and less about the, the zombies. And I like the idea of just keeping them as the scary monsters they are instead of that dumb, mindless creature that you could just kill with a slash in the brain. And on top of the fact of dealing with, you're potentially going to kill your friend. Like, this is somebody that, if you've gone to a lot of conventions, you've seen three or four times, and you're passing them, and then next thing you know, they're a zombie. Could you really take them out? So for me, it was just getting back to the human element of a zombie story and not the, you know, just viral infection and watching people die for the sake of death. Yeah, like I said, I, I really thought the setting was very unique. Oh, thank you. Well, I mean, I, in thinking this process through, it's really interesting that we kind of struck a chord because as we worked on the project, uh, we heard of the Night of the Living Trekkies book, which I have not read. I'm intentionally not reading this book until Z-Con is over. And then um, I was at San Diego Comic-Con and heard of the launch of um, Fanboys vs. Zombies which is a comic book series about 
for fanboys who go to the convention and use their zombie knowledge or zombie movie knowledge to take out the zombies at the comic convention. I'm like, all right, this is in the same vein, but completely different because these are four kids that would normally get stuffed in a locker who for the life of them would probably not pick a fight that are now stuck dealing with these creatures that just want to see them die. Um, I know you're kind of trying to set your movie apart from other zombie movies, but I was curious if you had um, a favorite zombie movie yourself, and then maybe I was wondering if the other guys on the show could answer the question too. Um, you know, I've got kind of three, and this is really going to be cliche, but I, I always love the black and white Romero movie mm-hmm. um, because it's just it's scary without having to need all the CGI and effects. Um, I really liked Zombieland because it took a new take on it. And um, as kind of referenced, I love Shaun of the Dead because that was just after seeing like the 28 days and all the ripoffs of that going on, it was just a really nice kind of sweet take on a zombie movie, mm-hmm. which which got really back to the people instead of the zombies. Yeah, I remember watching that black and white Romero movie like at Halloween where, you know, I guess by then it was in the public domain. So it was like a really cheap VHS tape and everything. And I think it was like the first time I'd ever seen it. And I remember really sort of enjoying that, you know, movie from a long time ago. So, yeah. I remember seeing that as a kid, actually. And it was one of the first horror movies that actually sat through the whole way. Not because it didn't creep me out or scare me, but just because it's so interesting. And trying to think of, like, a favorite zombie movie of my own. It, I mean, I like zombies in general, so it's hard to narrow it down to just one. But I did have kind of a unique experience uh, with one movie in particular that kind of sets it apart. Um, it's actually the Dawn of the Dead remake, and I think it's from, like, I don't know, 2004 or something. It yeah, has Bing, yeah. Bring Rains in it. But anyways, I decided to go to matinee to it. And so I went to this matinee, like, at 2 o'clock in the middle of the day, and I was the only one sitting in the theater. And that was, that was the only time that's ever happened to me. So I was like, oh, oh okay. Awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. I was like, this is kind of creepy, but, you know, it helped set the mood. And then so the movie gets over. I'm like, oh, yeah, that was kind of cool. And I walk out into, like, the lobby, and there's absolutely no one in the lobby. And I'm like, like okay, is someone playing a joke or what? This is getting really creepy. And then I walk out into the parking lot, and, like, my car is like only one of three out there, and I'm like, holy crap, what the hell is going on? But then finally in the distance, I could see people on the interstate, and I was like, oh, thank God. You yeah. know, the apocalypse really hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Whew, Zack but, Snyder didn't eat all the people in, in your town. <laughs> yeah, so that, that, that definitely set that movie apart for me. But uh, Mike and Derek, do you have favorite zombie movies you want to talk about? It's weird, because I don't, I don't know that I'm a like, super zombie fan, like the whole internet fad thing is kind of like freaking me out because I don't know what the big deal is but like when I sat down and thought about it like I I discovered because I was looking through a list of zombie films on Wikipedia and like the one film that I really love it isn't even on the list of zombie films but I think it counts so I'm going to say it anyway is uh, is Creepshow and like in the first segment of Creepshow that uh, Stephen King wrote it's called Father's Day and like I love Creepshow a lot like I always loved horror anthologies and all that kind of stuff and it's actually directed by you know Ramiro as well and like it basically you know it's kind of about how you know there's this crotchety old angry father who's always like where's my birthday cake Bedelia you know and he's (laughs) screaming about it and everything and she takes like an ashtray or something and just clocks the guy on the head and kills him you know because she's like tired of getting uh you know he's racking his cane and you know just 
kind of driving her crazy and everything. And so then it's, you know, it takes place like four years later and there's like a really, really young Ed Harris and all these other people as part of the family and everything. And eventually, of course, he, he you know, digs himself up from the grave, the father, and he's kind of like this skull and dirt and maggots and all this kind of creepy creepy shit, you know, from the grave and everything, you know, and eventually he's just kind of like, you know, uh, he, he, he basically has like the head of the, you know, the, the, the girl who, uh, you know, racked him in the head and everything. And it's covered with candles and he's like, it's father's day and I got my <laughs> cake, you know? So I've always, I've always kind of loved that, uh, that movie and, and that segment that seems you know, to me specifically kind of, it is a zombie, you know, he's coming back out of the grave and everything. I, I, speaking of that, I really loved those, like, the third segment of that was, like, something to tide you over about the guy that gets buried up to his neck. Oh, yeah, 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 because they're kind of like, they're kind of like seaweed zombies or something. Yeah, and he comes back and he's like, I can hold my breath for a really long time. Yeah, yeah. That's creepy. Yeah, it's, 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 uh, Leslie Nielsen, like, is playing his typical bad guy, and then Ted Danson is, uh, is, is one of the guys that, uh, he's the guy that gets buried up to his neck in the sand and everything. Yes. So yeah, it's it's a the, the, those movies are pretty cool and everything. So yeah, I, I just like the the whole thing of you can't kill somebody if they're already dead, kind of a bit that they had going on. Yeah, like, yeah, about like how how he's kind of like he you know he he kind of felt smug and secure. You know, Leslie Nielsen's kind of sitting there like I got everything worked out and planned and everything. And then of course when when you know they come back to life, like it totally is not according to his plan. So he's he's kind of aimlessly shooting at them, but it doesn't do him any good. You know, totally. What about you, Mike? You got a you got a favorite zombie flick that you want to share with the rest of us, or um, yeah, Mike, come I on, guess... <laughs> stop pressuring me. No pressure. Where's your choice? Uh, I guess I'm, I'm guess I'm gonna have to go with Shaun of the Dead, just because I guess I'm a big pussy because like I I don't like like zombie films just like to be grossed out or anything like I I mean. I guess, like, I, I don't watch, like, I watch Walking Dead and all, and, like, I like it as a drama and stuff, but, like, I could really, like, do without, like, all the gore, I guess. But, like, I like Shaun of the Dead because it's really kind of like a comedy disguised, like, as a zombie movie, pretty much. And, you know, in a similar vein, like, I like Zombieland, too, just because, uh, I don't know, it seems like the humor in the situation was, like, paramount to, like, you know, the actual, like, you know, the, the eating of the flesh and the brains and, you know, whatever. It's like, I I guess I'm a big wuss or something. Like, I remember I told you guys, like, I couldn't, like, read Walking Dead, like, the comic, like, while I was, like, eating or something because I'm, like, totally, <laughs> like, grossed out by it or whatever, but, you hey, know. Wait, you don't want to eat Cheerios while uh, zombies are eating people's brains? What's the matter with you, Mike? <laughs> no, I do not find that thought appetizing, no, but... Yeah, so I, I guess I'd have to go with, like, Shaun of the Dead, I guess. Like, I mean, I think I, I saw, like, the original Romero one, like, a long time ago. I think, like, at some, like, Halloween party in, like, eighth grade, maybe. <laughs> but, like, I, I remember I was, I didn't want to, like, be a wuss or anything, but I remember I was, like, probably kind of scared of it or something. But, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I'd go with Shaun of the Dead. I gotta say, like, I can't disagree with you. Not because it's, like, uh, you know... On the, on the scare factor, it's not as scary until you get to, like, the very end of the movie. But just for the fact that it's kind of, like, it's just fun. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's very clever, yeah. And, like, you know, it's got great dialogue and, you know, 
And, uh, like, I just, I freaking love that part where, like, him and his group meet, like, his friend and their group, and they're, like, exactly the same, and they're like, well, we're going that way, okay, good luck, and, like, they just pass each other by, it's, like, <laughs> uh, like kind of a deconstruction of, like, zombie movies almost, so. Yeah. So, speaking of other movies and everything, I know when we, uh... We did the last podcast with you guys. It was all about Firefly, and so we know based on that you guys are big uh, fans of Josh Whedon. And uh, we were just kind of wondering, uh, you know, what did you guys think of uh, Avengers? I know it's come out. It's like rising up in the ranks, you know, getting to be like the third-rated uh, domestic and third-rated worldwide grossing movie. Like, do you have any thoughts on that, uh, Michael? About have you seen it yet? Like, did you like it? Oh my God, I'm in love with that movie. <laughs> <laughs> that was brilliant. If if that could be the Bible for how every superhero movie should ever be made, that that should be done. I went and I saw it in the theater, and I I took a day off of work. This is how big of a geek I was waiting for this movie. I took a day off of work to go see this movie. <laughs> so I went at like 10.30 in the morning when I thought it would be me and a couple other hardcore guys. And no, the theater was packed. Yeah, especially, like, in, in this economy, like, it's kind of, like, freaking me out that, like, so many people are going to watch it, and then they're going to watch it again and again, you know? Like, I know I know Mike's seen it, like, what, three times now? Right? Yep, I'm, I was on time number three, yep. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I mean, but I, I got to see it with a bunch of people. It was really cool, because, like, one person's cell phone went off right at the beginning of the previews, and the entire theater was like, shut it down! <laughs> I, I, I had never had so much nerd pride right <laughs> <laughs> but for for me, that was just like the the quintessential superhero movie. The the second time I saw it, there was like a child that started to cry, like like uh like about like midway through the whole like Loki escapes from the helicarrier scene where there's like all the fights going on, right? Until someone like finally yelled, "Remove the child!" <laughs> and like they finally, it finally got like walked out, and people like applauded and stuff. It got walked out. Wow. Yeah. I don't know, dude. I think I think Loki was messing with you guys. Like I think you got too angry. I I wasn't angry. I was just really proud. <laughs> I was like, this is just. This is brilliant. On top of being a great movie experience, because I'm one of those guys, when you go to the movie, if, like, if I see your cell phone two rows down in front of me, I'm just going to pelt you with ice. I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to hit you until the cell phone goes away. Yeah, well, the cell but, phone thing is, is common courtesy. I mean, you you know, I mean, yeah, okay, There's sometimes there's accidents and stuff and people forget. Or, like, sometimes, like, I, I'll purposely turn my cell phone off, but then it'll piss me off sometimes because, like, I'll turn it off, and then five seconds later, my cell phone's like, fuck you, dude, I'm turning back on. And I'm like, <laughs> what did you do that for? Like, you know, because you bump it or something in your... In, you know, in your pants or whatever it is. I don't know what. <laughs> and you're like, like, you're like, now I look like an asshole cell phone. Yeah, I know. I'm like, <laughs> that's I'm what like, you dude. get when you install like the Ultron operating system into you know? your cell phone. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I shut fucks it, you up like, during Avengers. I'm like, dude, I shut it off like 20 minutes before I walked in the theater, and then it just, it's like, no, dude, I'm coming back on. And I'm like, <laughs> shut off. <laughs> but um, I guess I guess we're talking about Whedon movies and everything. I know I haven't seen this movie. I don't think Brian and Mike have, but uh, negative. You know, it, in in honor of Justin, because Justin had uh, asked this question, um, we're just kind of curious. I know uh, Whedon co-wrote Cabin in the Woods, and it was something I was thinking about seeing, but I never got around to seeing it. We were just curious, have you seen Cabin in the Woods yet? And and if so, what did you think of the film? I, I will hang my head in shame and say that I did not get the chance to do it. 
I wanted to, but every weekend that I wanted to go, we had just had something going on. And it wasn't something that I was like so hardcore that I wanted to be just like I did for Avengers and take the day off to right, go see. Right, right. But it's I really regret it. And there's actually some like low rent theaters around here that are still playing it. I'm hoping to catch it like sometime in the next course of the week. But everybody that's seen it has said that it was marketed completely poorly. Outside of it being marketed to Joss Whedon fans. Right. But yeah. There's no real way that you could market this movie effectively. Huh, okay. So, I mean, you know, hopefully, like, uh, you know, at least we'll probably try to, you know, have it on the spindle, you know, or something. Hopefully there's some kind of way we could put it on there. But uh, if not, you know, um, you know, maybe, like you said, there's still some uh, some uh, sort of out-of-the-box theaters that are still uh, still playing it. So maybe we could all check it out later on. Um, and then I know I know we were talking about Avengers and, like, how it's the, the most awesome uh, superhero movie ever. Um, but, uh, have you guys read any of the other, like, Marvel comics, like, where they have zombies and stuff, like Marvel zombies? I have. I started when it was, like, uh, Marvel zombies versus the Army of Darkness. Oh, okay. Okay. Where, yeah, yeah, I remember that, because they, they, they had Ash and, and all those guys in there, too, right? And he, he accidentally fell into the time hole that brought the zombies with him, and people forget that, that it's, like, all Ash's fault. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I think I've got the entire series. I love it. I just love the snark factor of it. I like that they're they're not afraid to go there with their own characters. I mean, some people, like DC, would, you know, choose a low uh, character you haven't seen in ages to come back to bring him back what could be something special, like making him gay. But Marvel went, nope, nobody is sacred. We're going to take out Galacticus. We're going to take out Spider-Man. We're going to take out Captain America. We're just doing it all. And I love Marvel for that. Have you seen that the uh, like that little short film where they tried to do like sort of a a Marvel Zombies film of it and everything? Like oh. I think they had like clips of like Spider Man and the Hulk and stuff like that. I have not. It's pretty good. Cool. Like it, it's kind of it's kind of gruesome, but you know I think I think Mike might uh, might piss his pants or something, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I gotta admit, all this talk is starting to make me sweat a little. Hmm. I'll hold you, buddy. Okay. Cool. So I guess I guess we were talking about you know various zombie things and everything, but I guess uh, it, it, we're we're pretty much uh, gonna uh, you know wrap up the podcast with a segment we normally do every week, which is uh, what's awesome in our world this week, and that's where we usually just go around and we you know say something that we thought was kind of super cool in our week. Um, and then, uh, you know, you're more than welcome to participate, Michael, if you, uh, Sweet. if you have anything that you want to, you know, share with the listeners. Cause you know, sometimes like, you know, Brian will say something and I'll be like, I didn't know about that. That is awesome. You know, and we could all check things out and everything. And hopefully the listeners too can, uh, can learn new stuff when they, uh, when they hear us, uh, you know, I guess, uh, uh, embrace and, uh, and sort of, uh, give a lot of love to whatever's going on. That's uh, really cool with us, but, uh, I'll go ahead and start with, uh, with, uh, with Brian, and, uh, you know, what, what's awesome in your world this week, Brian? Awesome in my week this week is a video game. Um, it's actually Final Fantasy 13-2. Um, you know, from the show, I've, I've talked about Final Fantasy before. I'm a pretty big fan. Um, a- after Final Fantasy 13, though, I was kind of a little let down. You know, I think I've complained about it before, just basically, you know, really linear, not really like, you know, all the predecessors before it. So when Final Fantasy 13-2 first came out, I kind of just ignored it. You know, I didn't want to spend another 60 bucks on a game I only kind of half-heartedly like. 
So I waited until, you know, just recently. I don't know how long it's been now, but probably over half a year or more. Um, but anyways, I found a good deal on eBay for like, I don't know, 17 bucks or something. So I decided I'd go ahead and take the plunge. And it seems like uh, Square Enix really did a good job in listening to the fan criticisms of the first Final Fantasy XIII. And they've made this game, like, tailored to those complaints and kind of improved everything that was wrong with the previous game. So, um, I don't know, I've had it the last two days, and I've really been enjoying it. And I kind of feel bad for Final Fantasy XIII's, uh, or Final Fantasy fans who, like me, were kind of turned off at thirteen and maybe didn't check this game out, because it is really good, and it it's a lot more like the previous ones than thirteen was. So I recommend it to, to anyone out there that likes FF games. So what turned you off on thirteen? just out of curiosity? Um, actually, I really liked the battle system, um, but... It, it was like super linear until you got to like you know chapter thir- or you know twelve and thirteen like right toward the end is really the only place the game opened up, and then even then like I'm not sure if you're familiar with the game, but um is basically where it opened up was this place called like Grand Pulse, and even though you could go to all these different areas there is a lot of the same things like there's a lot of plains and cliffs and stuff, and you couldn't really like visit towns like you could in previous Final Fantasy games. So I guess mm-hmm. I just kind of missed the exploration and all that jazz. That makes sense. But uh, yeah, 13-2 does a lot to improve that. I was going to say, is it the, the, does the dash 2 like denote it's a like kind of remake or a retool of... Like... Um, It's actually a sequel, which is rare for Final Fantasy games. Um, I think the only one besides this that's had a direct sequel was like Final Fantasy X. It had also, like, an X2 that came out. But, yeah, it kind of continues the story. Um, like, the main character from Final Fantasy XIII is a girl called Lightning, but she has a sister in the game named Sarah. So in, in Final Fantasy XIII 2, you take over playing as Sarah, and you're trying to basically find what happened to Lightning because Lightning's kind of lost in time in the game. So it's your quest <laughs> to find her. Wow. T- talk about getting shafted by your parents. It's like, this daughter will be named Lightning, and this one will be named Sarah. Sarah. <laughs> so how about you, uh, Mike? You're talking about Final Fantasy and stuff, but uh, what what's going on in your week that is awesome? I'm glad you asked, Eric. Um, I, I just wanted to mention that uh, Game of Thrones has been really awesome the past few weeks, and uh, tomorrow night's the season finale, and uh, it's a great show. It's uh, it's as my friend describes it. It's like Lord of the Rings, but lousy with incest. So you know, it's it's very entertaining, and uh, what do you call? It? I I can't wait to see the season finale tomorrow night. I know you uh, you recommended that on past shows, and then of course I've had other friends who basically have described it to me the same way, also recommending it. And then I had my dad telling me how good the show was and everything. So finally, all you bastards got me to start watching it. <laughs> so yeah, so now I've been watching the show and everything. I really enjoy it. I mean, I haven't I haven't talked about it too much on any boards or anything like that, but I do I do kind of look forward to it. And then the funny thing too is I, I've watched it enough now where like I'm like humming the theme song in my head like in private when nobody's listening. And stuff. Man, yeah, like, man, it's like, a you know, catchy theme. Yeah, yeah. so I, I I enjoy the hell out of that. So yeah, thanks for. Uh, for mentioning that, and uh, finally, all you guys got me to check it out. So yeah, I agree. It's it's totally cool. 
I'll just go really quick, and then we'll we'll end it off with a bang on uh, Mr. Doherty and uh, see what's awesome in his world. But uh, real quick, um, this morning I watched the latest episode of Young Justice. It's titled Bloodlines. It was written by the original Young Justice comic book scribe Peter David. It featured Impulse, super fucking awesome. Made me laugh several times. Yeah, that was a very yeah. Good episode, uh, it was yeah. it was great. So uh, you know, if you haven't seen that yet, you know, I'm sure it'll rerun a couple times this weekend. But uh, by the time you hear this, you're gonna have to buy the DVDs or download it or some shit. So you know, but uh, anyway, no big deal. Um, but yeah, so wrapping it up, we're gonna finish off with uh, with Mr. Doherty. What's what's awesome in your world? Uh, Harley Quinn's Revenge. The the update for uh, Batman Arkham Asylum or uh, Arkham City. It's the first time I've ever seen a video game that instead of just pushing out a, a really crappy sequel, they just did an expansion pack. So if you played all the way through the game, I'm not going to give away any spoilers. Um, Harley comes back in this expanded edition that allows you to play all the downloadable content characters like Robin in an additional two-hour storyline. Oh, that's pretty cool. How much is the expansion pack? It's like ten bucks. Oh, okay. Nice. I've actually like um, been interested in that myself, and I know a couple of friends got it, and they seem to beat it really quick. Have you have you beaten it yet, or are you still playing it? Uh, I I'll be honest. I'm getting ready to play it as soon as we get off this. So, <laughs> um, I don't play it. I'm I know it's an only two hour long game, and it's it'll be beaten really quick. But for me, it's just a it's really cool that they're just continuing the story, and I hope. This kind of inspires more like game developers to go. We're not going to wait two years to do something new when they could just do supplemental stories. Right. Kind of reminds me of like Angry Birds when you play Angry Birds and they're like, "Hey, for ninety nine cents, here's ten more levels." Like, well, yes, I will. Thank you very much. Um, but the other part is just it's nice to see Harley Quinn, a character that started in the in the Batman comic series, the TV series, like starting to come into her own as a character. Mm-hmm. And that, for me, is pretty cool, because she was just this throwaway, laughable character they created for the animated series that has now found her way into the whole, you know, arc. They could have given any other villain a chance to, to redeem themselves after that, but they gave it to Harley, and I'm like, that's pretty cool. Derek, are you going to do your, like, groan about Harley? No, like, you, you know, know man. No, 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 I don't, I don't really, I don't really mind, because, because it's weird, because so many people lately, like, what I've been noticing is, like... There, there's a lot of people that are obviously fans of Harley Quinn, but, like, it's weird the polarization between, like, certain fans that are only fans of, like, either, I guess I'd say, like, the animated series version or maybe the, the pre, you know, New 52 version. Because, you know, and, and I'm assuming, because I, I haven't really played that much of Arkham City or Arkham Asylum, but I, I kind of notice how the... Arkham version of Harley kind of looks a lot like the New 52 version, you know, kind of mm-hmm. how they, they're they kind of similar in character design and concept and everything. And some people, you know, it's funny, I was just reading this board where this one person was just kind of like going on and on and on about how it destroyed the character and all this other stuff, you know. And some people are just kind of like, dude, why are you freaking out? Like, it's not a big deal, like that kind of thing. So I thought it was interesting how polarized some people were over a different character design. But, I mean, it seems like she's at least, you know, if somebody's a fan of the character, at least she's getting a big, you know, media push, whether it's in, you know, games or animated series or what have you, you know, like, I mean, because I, I was kind of the person, like I said, that I liked reading the, the Harley Quinn ongoing series and everything. But, you know, I guess the the thing I was disappointed with was I was really hoping that they would have let the Joker kill her in 
in uh, R.I.P. because I thought that would have been, you know, like a cool sort of devilish ending. But I, I, I just thought maybe the fan love was so much that that that, that just couldn't be allowed, I guess. And I thought that was kind of disappointing because it seemed to make a logical kind of, you know, insane sense. Like, of course, the Joker would kill, you know, his girlfriend. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's just kind of what I thought. But. Now, what I, I was surprised to learn is that uh, Arlene Sorkin was not the voice of Harley Quinn in Arkham City. It was just like Tara Strong doing an Arlene Sorkin like impression. That was that was. It's pretty impressive that you know Sorkin did that classic kind of a voice that's just stuck with that character. Whereas with Batman, they've done you know a bunch of different variations of his voice. They've kept Harley pretty consistent, like they have with the Joker as well. But for me, it's like the new version, the 52 version, just gives that character a little bit more credence than she did in that crappy kind of Harlequin costume. <laughs> well, it seems, I, like, I, it seems like they definitely were trying to make her, you know, more marketable and, like, appealing to, uh, to you know, because it seemed, like, it seemed like people really dug Arkham Asylum, so they figured, well, why not carry over that kind of appeal and, and attraction from that game into the regular books, it seemed like, so... I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't have much of a problem with it, but I guess I haven't been reading too much of that new Suicide Squad book to say one way or the other, you know. Yeah, I haven't picked that one up either. So, uh, Mike, is there, uh, or Mr. Doherty, I'll say, <laughs> Director Doherty, is, is there anything else you want to run past the listeners about Z-Con? Is there anything, any tidbits or anything, any kind of info that, that maybe we haven't covered, just the last, you know, a last uh, a dot on the I and cross on the T that you want to put on it? No, it would just, you guys have done an amazing job and we've covered so much. I would just say that, you know, give us a follow on Facebook and, and Twitter. Uh, everything is Zcon Movie, Z C O N M O V I E. Um, it's Twitter, it's Facebook, it's our website, it's YouTube. Um, the more that the community gets behind the project and shares us on social media, which is our linchpin, the bigger this project will be. Um, Brown Coats Redemption kind of traveled all the way around the world, sending DVDs to literally every continent. And we've already got supporters for Zcon ranging from California to Seoul, Korea. Uh, but the community is really the the thing that's going to make Zcon successful. And we, we hope we have their support. Cool. So if you want to become part of this awesome Zcon community, you can go to the website that Michael was talking about and follow the Facebook, the Twitter. Um, you can get T-shirts and all that kind of good stuff. Uh, you know, uh, if, if you want, um, you can also go ahead and uh, – uh, make a post on our blog spot. It's uh, fanholes.blogspot.com when we post this podcast. And then uh, we'll go ahead and ask you a, uh, a trivia question. And you know what? We're going to make it super easy. It's going to be an answer to something that we've talked about on the podcast. So there's no excuse. And then if you uh, answer this question correctly, then you'll go ahead and you'll win a uh, Zcon t-shirt. Um, from the you know from Michael and from the the cast and crew and creators of Zcon. So uh, we're just going to ask you who directed the original black and white version of Night of the Living Dead. And if you can answer that, if you're the first person in the the blog post to answer that question and write down the name of the director, then we'll go ahead and send you out a uh, a t-shirt that's from uh, the uh, cast, crew, and creators of Zcon. But that's going to be all for tonight's podcast. So uh, thanks for listening. And uh, you know, if you have any questions or comments or anything, you can send us emails at fanholespodcast at gmail.com. We also have 
you know, Facebook and Twitter and stuff like that that you can follow us on. And uh, so I guess now, uh, just signing off, this is Derek, Derek WC. Hey, this is Brian Breakdown. Mike Brains. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Take care. Peace. Brains. I was going to say, Mike, uh, last time we had you on, I think I said, like, you know, at least you'll, you, at least 15 people will hear this podcast, you know. And <laughs> this, this, this time I think we can promise you at least up to – I can go up to 20 this time. Shit, what are you, what are you, what are you talking about, dude? We, we can go up to 30 because at least, at least 30. Well, what, are you counting all the spam bots too? Yeah, I'm, I'm talking about we we get offers for Viagra and, and <laughs> people that want to be our girlfriends and stuff all the time. I'm sure I'm sure all those people will totally watch and listen to the podcast. <laughs>